0: Hump you, they just make you feel alienated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you know, they don't have the, uh, the warmth and they don't make eye contact with you like earth dogs do when they are <laughs> making love to your leg. Uh, anyway, a welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. I am your host, JC, with me as always. It's a co-host that carries the show. Lady Wan, why don't you tell everybody how you're doing?
1: Hello, everyone. I am fantastic.
0: Awesome. (laughs) This week, are you excited to fix this movie?
1: I'm so excited to fix this movie.
0: Are you going to prey upon this? I'm going to try. This week, we are going to be fixing, I guess if you consider the crossovers, the sixth sixth film in this series, this sci-fi classic series that has fallen off. So hard. The Predator. Welcome to the Loony Bus McKenna Nebraska Williams That's
1: Coyle That's Lynch With Mertz Why are you here? I had a run-in with a space engine. <laughs> <is that>? oh.
0: <laughs> this fucking guy is crazier than the rest of us <laughs> what the fuck was that? That's the thing that killed my man. Alien. Predators. They exploit weakness. tracks its prey. Like a game. Seems to enjoy it.
1: That's not a predator, that's a sports hunter.
0: Well, we took a vote. Predator's cooler, right? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Do you have a plan? ex-sniper with ptsd and a team that's mental
1: you're insane right
0: gentlemen they're large they're fast
1: and fucking you up their
0: idea of tourism figured something out i think we're gonna die i saw this movie twice i saw it with Screen fixers and friends, and then I saw it again with friend of the show Bob. So, friend of the show Bob is like uh, the human version of Redbox, he's Red Bob. He, <laughs> <laughs> if I can't find a movie to watch, he has it in his collection. And uh, I rewatched almost the entire Predator series. Did you do any research for this one?
1: I watched a few things, I did my homework. I see.
0: Your theater going experience, how was it?
1: Um, I was. Surprised by the enthusiasm of others in my theater. Was
0: there a scene in particular where people went nutty?
1: I mean, they thought it was a lot funnier than I did, and I actually did think it was funny. There was just like booming laughter from the back, right?
0: Somebody was loving it, but uh, (laughs) were audiences loving it? Why don't you give us the fresh hot stats, Lady Wong?
1: So audiences are on the fence. It is uh, 51% with audiences but only 33% uh, which is pretty rotten with critics and uh compared to the original predator that was 80% fresh predators was 65% predator 2 was 27% mm. alien versus predator is 20% but i think that's bullshit cuz i love that movie <laughs> and Alien vs Predator Requiem was eleven percent, uh,
0: so not exactly hallowed ground here.
1: Mm-mm. No, they're making a bunch of trash, so why not just keep making trash?
0: Uh, did people pony up their cash for this trash?
1: Kind of. It did come in number one for its opening weekend, but it only made twenty-four million domestically and another thirty million overseas, and the production budget was eighty-eight million. So wow. It's- Got a ways to go.
0: Oh, yeah. This movie underwent massive reshoots, which ballooned the budget. Also, Shane Black uh, wouldn't come on the project unless the movie was bigger and the budget was bigger. He also didn't like the way the daytime fight scenes were looking in the climax with the Predator, so he went back and reshot that entire ending in the nighttime. So probably not the financial success that the studios or the filmmakers were looking for. This may essentially... Put the nail in the coffin of Predator. What do you think?
1: I would say yes, but considering the questionable content and successes of the other ones, I don't really think they care. I think they're just like, oh, well, we'll we'll keep using this IP until something hits. We own it. Why not? It's cheaper than thinking of anything new. Kind
0: of like Terminator. They're just like, ah, we'll wait a couple years and we'll give this another shot.
1: We'll try again later. So
0: this is definitely a try again later. What was your opinion of this film after you saw it?
1: So- Honestly, I enjoyed most of it. I was laughing. Sterling King Brown was fantastic. There was things happening all the time. It never really slowed down to where I was like, when is there gonna be more action? Like it was, it you know, had a healthy clip. But I hated the ending. And then I was like, "Well, that's the last thing I saw, and now I think this movie's stupid. So I was on board for a while.
0: I tend to think the whole movie was stupid,
1: but <laughs> uh, that's
0: that's just me. That's okay. I just found many plot threads that did not pay off and characters that were dispatched, major characters with mm-hmm. uh, without any fanfare at all. And it wasn't really a Predator movie. Uh, the very end did have a Predator hunt that didn't go very far. It basically took place in maybe 100 square feet.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, it's pretty tall.
0: And before that, it wasn't a Predator movie at all. It was, uh, it was two aliens fighting while humans sat around and watched and went, whoa, look at that. So...
1: Yeah, I looked at my watch when the first time we got the heat vision shot of like the Predator's view, it was an hour and a half into this movie that is only like an hour 47 long. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I thought that this movie just went too wild with the characters that it wanted to introduce and they cut characters out of this movie there was a character played by edward james Olmos that they cut out completely oh really i was like there there were more characters in this because this movie had too many characters they were trying to do too many things plot wise and i'm going to go ahead and give you the plot right now so courtesy of a very generous user imdb user eric s crane (laughs) uh this is probably the best synopsis that i've seen it's very succinct here we go After a predator kills his entire platoon, a soldier sends evidence of the alien home. This is a helmet and one of his gauntlets on his arm as proof of what really happened to his men. But after a genetically enhanced predator arrives on Earth in search of what was stolen, the soldier teams up with a unit of quote-unquote loony soldiers and a geneticist in a race to save his son that he unknowingly made into the predator's next target.
1: That's pretty much the movie. Solid.
0: There's a lot in there, though. So essentially, this movie centers around a soldier who witnessed a predator ship crashing to Earth in Central America where he's on some special op kind of thing. He ends up stealing a helmet and, yeah, the arm gauntlet and sending it home to his son. His son is on the autism spectrum and figures out how to decipher the alien technology. The father is going to be... Mm, made to seem insane by the government so he can be silenced and they can get rid of him but at the same time the government captures this alien and the movie centers around the fact that this alien has brought them some kind of uh technology and there is a and a super predator hunter with predator dogs has been sent to kill this quote-unquote traitor and Recapture the tech that was brought to Earth, and at the end of the film, we find out that this tech that was brought to Earth is a predator killer suit.
1: Boo!
0: Uh, Basically, uh, (laughs) Iron Man suit to kill predators. Uh, There's also this, and the reason why is because uh, the predators have figured out that the human race, due to global warming and Environmental factors have only a certain amount of time left on Earth. And they've been collecting DNA of the strongest human beings and creatures across the galaxy to create super, super beings. And they have been coming more frequently to collect even more And they know that the human race's time is numbered. But they also figure, you know, the planet's getting hotter and they're all going to die. Why don't we show up and uh, we'll take over the planet? Uh That's also part of the plot. The other, and apparently the first predator that arrives, uh, sympathizes with humankind. And considering that the predators have shared human DNA, we find out maybe he uh, sympathizes. It's like, you know, I'm part human. You guys are humans. This ain't cool. So anyway. So now that we know the plot, um, so before we just go into fixing, uh, a lot of people work on movies. A lot of people work very hard on movies. What is one thing you really liked about this movie, Lady Wan, go?
1: Sterling K. Brown.
0: I 100% <laughs> agree with you. Sterling K. Brown knew what movie he was in, mm-hmm. whereas some of the other people seem like they didn't realize what movie they were in. But Sterling K. Brown chewed up the scenery. He had swagger and charisma and Just was oozing badass.
1: He was hilarious.
0: He was, he basically was stealing the movie.
1: Yeah, it was so good. I really, really enjoyed him. He made me laugh out loud.
0: Uh, My favorite probably was also Sterling K. Brown. And you know what? I enjoyed Olivia Munn. And I don't enjoy Olivia Munn in everything. I don't think she's a bad actress, but I don't think she's great. But in this movie, I found her really believable. And I thought she was giving a bang up performance. I, I really, really liked her in this. Uh, More than maybe I've liked her in anything. Yeah. Those are the things that I I liked. But other than that, I I found some of the the language used offensive. I think that uh, writer Shane Black, uh, writer director Shane Black and writer Fred Decker were going for like throwback 80s non-PC kind of dialogue. But, you know, some things are better left in the 80s. And I think some of the jokes, including jokes about kids with special needs and, you know, calling an Irish person lucky charms, things like that are probably better left in uh, the 80s. I also thought there weren't very creative set pieces. There was a quick sequence in a lab, but other than that, we get one Central American drop spot. We get a neighborhood during Halloween, which was the only good set piece. And then we get, an rv in a in a field and then we get the outside of an alien ship and then we get a forest just outside of that alien ship and that, that's it like there's no we really don't go anywhere inventive or fun or very creative this whole movie exists yeah. to kind of make fun of itself and make fun of predator and make fun of tropes and it really at times just forgets to be a good predator movie It feels like it's so hell-bent on, like, making fun of itself and making fun of its own tropes that it forgets to give us a good movie. But anywho, what do you say, Lady Wan? What do you say we fix this movie? Okay, I guess so. All right, Lady Wan, why don't you hit us with your first fix?
1: So my first fix is a little bit minor in comparison to, I think, what we're going to do to this thing later. But <laughs> <laughs> it actually goes along with what you were saying just a minute ago about like having that sort of 80s sensibility about what's okay and what's yeah. not and um, how we've all moved past that, one would hope. And so, just like making fun of a guy with Tourette's is like not really okay,
0: yeah, like I feel like Tourette's was such an easy joke back in the day,
1: yeah, like,
0: look, this guy's gonna shout out, swears, how funny is that? You know,
1: I thought that was really goofy, like i didn't I didn't believe it at first because it was such a weird idea to put into this huge studio movie that I was like, no, 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 this doesn't. I don't like this, so I actually did enjoy the. The weird relationship uh, that—that's Thomas Jane played the guy with Terex Baxley.
0: He was looking rough, wasn't he?
1: I I was—I really—I found that deeply upsetting that he is not just like sexy Thomas Jane in a wetsuit anymore. Deep blue sea, Um, deep blue sea forever. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I was—I was really bummed out to see him looking not so great. I did though think that his little like relationship with the Keegan-Michael Key character Coyle, like that they had served together. They were the only survivors. They had like this bond. Yeah, Sure, that's fine. I'm into that. I want them to have like a backstory. But I liked the part where she wakes up in the hotel room and they have been taking bets on what she was going to do. If she was going to grab the shotgun, if she was going to fire the gun. I thought that was like a funny little moment. And I think you could have kept that going as that being his little characteristic is he could be a compulsive gambler who has PTSD because Tourette's is not a reason why you would be institutionalized. They're all institutionalized because of major trauma from serving in the military. So I think it would have been funny if throughout the movie he's just constantly trying to get people to take bets on what's about to happen (laughs) and that way it's funny but you can also kind of wink at how predictable action movies can be sometimes and he can make bets on the predictable thing that's going to happen and then we can like turn it on its head a little and get some surprising moments so he can be trying to take bets on who's going to make it out of that middle school alive which of traeger's guys when they're all shooting all the goons at the end like which guys they're going to take out how many are going to be left you know there's lots of just random death in this movie that he could be taking bets on that would be really dark and still funny and somehow a more mature joke than just he has Tourette's, and he swears a lot, yeah,
0: he's got a gambling addiction would be yeah. pretty funny, like if he's constantly going like, "I told you ten dollars, like,
1: yeah. I think it'd be a funnier way right. to handle his character
0: rather than attack
1: like an actual neurological re- disorder. Let's make fun of that. that's super funny p
0: t s d is hilarious, so anyway, no. I, <laughs> like
1: these these <laughs> poor people
0: that's like a bus full of people with p t s d and they're right? and it's just like they're hilarious. Look how messed up they are from seeing atrocities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> JC, what's your first fix?
0: Yeah. So here we go. Mine involves... <laughs> nudity you're going to put some music under that oh yeah (laughs) so anyway early on in the lab which might be the best scene is when this predator is going crazy on these people in this lab and just slicing up people and taking out everyone in this lab which I just Mm want to point out makes no sense given the plot that predator-
1: Loves people.
0: Yes, that predator. <laughs> the predator came here to give humankind a suit to save themselves. Yet when he wakes up on the lab table, he kills everyone. Just
1: like dozens of people just Just, just
0: indiscriminately just slaughters everyone in this lab. It's It makes yeah. absolutely no sense for for the plot.
1: No, uh-uh.
0: <laughs> um, Olivia Munn's character escapes this- scenario by she tries to leave she tries to escape but she gets into this room that will not let you exit unless you undergo the entire decontamination protocol which involves stripping naked so she strips naked and she's on her you know she's uh uh, basically squatted down into a ball with her hands over over her knees and the predator comes in sees her and walks by and she realizes okay the predator spared me because i'm in my birthday suit so
1: she's not a threat. She's completely vulnerable.
0: She's at threat level zero, unless she ate Taco Bell. Then there's a small small increase in her threat. You're shaking your head. You're I am you are disgusted with is, me.
1: That is very gross and also that is very gross. <laughs> and, it, is curr- it is currently paired with the worst gas right now. <laughs> From Charlotte.
0: Whoa. Screen fix mascot Charlotte has tooted <laughs> In the studio, we told you about bringing her here. By the way,
1: well, you know what? It was either that or feel like a bad dog mom. So,
0: all right, sorry for the it's okay. Anyway, (laughs) I just got some. (laughs) I just got some. Yeah. Anyway, like taste. So I don't want it. I don't want it. Oh, it's awful. It's sharp. It's so sharp. It's it's (laughs) like sharp cheese. All right. So, okay, So anyway, yes. So uh, Charlotte demonstrating the hazards (laughs) that humans even have naked. But anyway, um,
1: (laughs) that moment, too, calls back to the original where they have the woman who's a hostage with them and they don't let her carry a gun because she's not at risk of being attacked by the predator if he doesn't see her with a weapon. So relevant.
0: Yes. And then later on, when they're walking into the school, they walk into this school stairwell. And uh, again, I think they could have taken better advantage of the fact that they walked into a school, but instead they just are in the stairwell and that's it. Like they don't- Yeah,
1: it could have been any building. (laughs) They
0: don't take advantage of any set pieces here. Like there's no set pieces.
1: There could have been a Halloween dance going on in that school. How cool would that have been?
0: But instead it's just an empty stairwell. Anyway, she says as she walks into there- You know, she tells our main character, McKenna, that she was naked and the predator walked right by her and she tells him this. And the only real thing that happens from that is the kid at one point tries to pick up a gun and they make him put it down. But Mm -hmm. I thought that really should have come back in a major way. I thought, you know, she's she's the one who realizes this and how funny would it be in a in a movie that was already trying to be funny if at the very end the predator is stalking them they know that they can't beat it and they all all of our main characters in the woods get naked <laughs> naked with little leaves over their junk because Olivia Munn tells them that that's the way to do it mm-hmm. and instead of Using all these guns and explosive things, they do just like Predator One, they start making Boy Scout traps all over the woods in their loincloths. <laughs> and then they give one of them a gun and he's the target. And they can keep tossing the gun to different people to make them the t- the target. Right. So they're luring him in further and further and further as they're running it running around in their in their loincloths, uh, which is hilarious. Um mm-hmm. and Maybe one of them has a really large leaf, and that could be a joke too, and one has a really small leaf, and that could maybe even be Thomas Jane. Sorry, Thomas Jane, but that would Aww, be pretty funny. So, so anyway, <laughs> so they're all in there, and I just think that would be a more creative use of that that premise that was introduced very early on in in the, the movie i hate in movies when something is introduced and it never comes back and i feel like that would have been a way to bring things full circle with that very suspenseful moment that, that might even have been that might have been the most suspenseful moment in the whole movie honestly mun acted her bun off in that scene too <laughs> lady Wan, what's your next fix
1: okay so Rory is our little kid on the spectrum and he has sensory issues which is pretty common for um, people on the spectrum to have when uh the lame kids at his school pull the fire alarm he like just curls up into a ball yeah. and is like in pain yeah, listening to this fire alarm he's he's completely paralyzed by it
0: the the dog and
1: yeah when he's walking home from the school the dog mm-hmm. barks and he grabs his ears and covers them up and he he is really really upset by all these loud noises so that makes sense the movie forgets this plot point and he is around constant gunfire crashing there vehicles, is
0: literally...
1: aliens roaring and he's just totally fine the rest, the rest of this rest of movie, movie is
0: shit going down and he's okay yeah.
1: yeah no he is totally fine he's like unfazed by it so good try i guess movie but I'm going to take this good idea that you had and I'm going to make it better. So when we first see him in the chess room at school, he should be wearing sunglasses and wearing headphones to drown out the music or to drown out the sound of the other kids, even though it's chess and it's quiet. Like we need to know just how sensitive he is to this stuff. And And that's a real thing, too, isn't it? Yeah. No, absolutely. It's. It can cause – if you have sensory overload and you're autistic, it can cause withdrawal and behavior problems and, like, trigger an actual full-on meltdown. Like, it can be physically painful to have a, a lot of stimuli. Are there
0: things that, that people do to try to o- overcome that?
1: Yeah. So people will put headphones on if they're in public places, um, you know, if they're going to a concert or a show or something. They still want to be a part of it, but they'll put headphones on or sunglasses on and try and kind of lower – The amount that's going on. So that's what I want when we first see him in the chess room is even though it's quiet, there's still fluorescent lights on in there. He's got his headphones on because he never knows, you know, how loud school can be. And he's just really, really closed down from all the stuff going on around him. Because we see how smart he is in that room when those little brats knock all the chess pieces down. He's able to put every single one back in the exact place it was. We assume. We didn't like fact check him but in all of those games. Also, so,
0: I just I just want to point out that those kids talk about how they'd like a delicious ass burger, which is- uh, Yeah,
1: that was like a, a real own goal kind of insult. Like, is that what you want? Is that is what that, you want to go around saying you're hungry for? <laughs> you
0: eat pieces of shit for <laughs> breakfast?
1: <laughs> it's definitely it's that. It's
0: totally one of those, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was a weird moment. But anyway, so his dad has mailed the Predator helmet and gauntlet accidentally back to his house and the little kid finds it at Halloween and he puts it on yeah and he likes it as a Halloween costume and he wears it out trick-or-treating and people in theater that I was in thought that was hilarious I actually
0: that was one of my favorite moments in the in in the whole movie
1: (laughs) with the duct tape on the back of his head (laughs) when he puts
0: on the predator mask and the predator gauntlet and is walking around to trick-or-treat was probably my favorite moment so
1: I'm I'm good with a lot of this, but I want for when he puts on that Predator helmet, it quiets things down. It closes the vision down so that it's just these tiny little slits. So it gets rid of the overstimulation that he's been dealing with, and it actually makes him a more functional person because oh, it's...
0: it like it like focuses him. Yes,
1: exactly. Uh. And then and then this kid can be wearing the Predator helmet the whole time, man.
0: Yes, right. And, no, and 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 the thing is, is like the Predator helmet comes with its own defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Like when it uh, in the movie, when this jerk who doesn't want him trick or treating at his house throw something at his head the predator mask independently shoots and explodes the whole second story of this building so it's like if 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 he kept the mask on nobody would really be able to take it off of him because mm. it has all these defense mechanisms yeah. built in to to protect the wearer
1: yeah so he's automatically protected from the little predator the big predator the bad yeah. government people, like he's yes. just safe. So now we've got our safe kid the whole time, and you know what we can do at the end in that terrible scene where now all of a sudden I guess this twelve-year-old works at a government lab. Oh, that's ridiculous. So let's just say he's there.
0: He's just he's just working. He at works the there government now. Lab. It's fine. He's like eight, <laughs> and he just works it's there. Not Whatever. A big deal. He just works yeah. for the government now,
1: but he could be wearing like a modified Predator helmet. And we can have been, we're now using their technology, not for weapons, but for a way for him to focus his intelligence and to live better in the world. Like we can take something good from them and he can have like his own little cool predator helmet. Yeah. I'm into it.
0: (laughs) If he's eight, like, do you have any idea how much is going to be in his 401k by the time he retires? (laughs) This kid's getting benefits at eight. What the hell?
1: All right, what's your next fix, JC?
0: Mm. I have. I have another <laughs> I can't one. Have of you course that. I do. I always pretend like I'm like surprised by this question. I'm We're like, oh, what?
1: what an odd thing to ask oh, yeah. me on this show we record.
0: I have not thought about this huh. and wrote all these notes during a Chinese buffet lunch. Um sure. <laughs> we agreed that Sterling K. Brown was the best part of this movie he had charisma Mm -hmm. to spare he was amazing in this movie correct so
1: good so good so good
0: okay in this film sterling k brown is dispatched uh so quickly Uh and so offhandedly i didn't even know he died
1: yeah it was in the movie damn near henchman level style just like
0: yes (laughs) meanwhile he's literally the big bad of this movie Mm -hmm. outside of the alien like he is our human bad yeah. And he he doesn't even get a, a a good death like Gary Busey in Predator 2. Uh-uh. It's absolutely terrible. And this movie feels like it was edited to hell is what this movie feels like. There's no other explanation for how choppy, how just how nothing makes sense. I, I don't I don't know. Anyway. That's not what I'm here to fix. I am here to give us a little more of that sweet, sweet, sweet Sterling. (laughs) There is a moment where they are outside the alien ship and the super predator has basically told them, I'm here for the one McKenna and here and I'm going to give you a seven minute head start.
1: Seven and a half minutes.
0: So obscure. Some like arbitrary yeah, <laughs> seven and a half. I'm gonna give you a seven and a half minute head start because apparently my computers have calculated that that's enough handicap, like seven and a half. I don't know. Minutes. That's
1: not even a full snooze.
0: <laughs> a full snooze is nine minutes. Yeah, it should we have all, been nine like, minutes. That
1: would have made more sense to me.
0: Oh, this this predator wants to take a nap.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's just hit snooze on this murder. He
0: wants to get a quick nap. <laughs> anyway so uh he's gonna wake up to that really annoying alarm in the movie that's that's always the same as my real alarm (laughs) and in the movie I'm like (laughs) like my whole body has this reaction that I can't control
1: don't you hate when you hear someone's phone out in public and that's their ringer and you're just automatically triggered by like someone getting a phone call I hate that (laughs) like no I'm not ready you're like what it's like four in the afternoon what do you mean what I'm, I'm not ready to wake
0: up. <laughs> I just start to lay down on top of produce at Trader Joe's, and it's very, it's weird. <laughs> so, anyway, I want to get more of that sweet, sweet Sterling, and this is how I'm going to do that. It's absolutely ridiculous that this moment happens and it never pays off. So, the Predator is like, I'm going to give you a head start. Mm-hmm. McKenna and Sterling K. Brown's character, Traeger, Traeger, decide to put aside their differences for a minute. And McKenna tells him, hey, this isn't over. When this is done, we're going to dance. <laughs> and Sterling K. Brown says, I got my shoes all picked out. <laughs> and it is it is badass signifying that these two are going to be enemies and there is going to be a showdown. Yeah. Right? The only problem is, is we just get a scene in the woods and Sterling K. Brown literally gets... <laughs> dispatch like like a nobody like Mm -hmm. so we never get this dramatic conflict so in my version of this movie they work together they might even be the final two left over and they kill the super predator sterling k brown was already in that scene wearing some predator tech on his shoulder Mm -hmm. uh boyd at the end kills the super predator with his own arm so he's got his own gauntlet yeah So perhaps McKenna tells Casey to take his kid and go. And that's when now we're going to square up McKenna versus Traeger. Traeger's got some alien tech on his shoulder. McKenna's got alien tech on his arm and they are now going to throw down. We've dispatched the alien. Now it's time for our two humans to fight each other. And we get the epic fight that was promised by our two testosterone alpha dog leads at the end of this movie Mm -hmm. using Predator tech. And of course, McKenna's going to get the upper hand and he'll probably spare
1: him though because he's like a good guy
0: no he doesn't (laughs) no he's a straight up murderer he seems like he's gonna spare him no because Traeger's been messing with his child this entire time and Traeger will say something like the super predator wanted your child for some reason now I want your child you know for the government and adult McKenna is like you're not gonna take Rory you're gonna have to go through me and they fight to the death Mm. that gives us more sterling k brown he was set up to be our main bad and we did not get the ending for him that we deserved as moviegoers the ending that was set up
1: mm-hmm. more yeah. sterling k brown just in generally in everything
0: what is your do you have a a, a last fix for us lady want do you I do. No.
1: What? Okay. So, as I mentioned earlier, I was really enjoying this movie all the way until the end. Like, I w- I would say like, oh, I'm not proud of that, but like I love Alien versus Predator. So, like whatever, man. Guilty pleasures, it's fine. I really was enjoying it. Everything seems fine to me. I bought into the weird idea that like the one predator was like, yeah, people are number 1. I want to save them. And I accepted the reasons they told me like oh we only have one or two generations left on this planet like he's here to save us and i was like oh i get it he's here to stop us from murdering each other and destroying our planet and making it basically uninhabitable and they are from this advanced civilization and so Mm -hmm. he can fix this he can fix all of our problems so i legitimately thought in that big giant box was going to be something to save Earth, <laughs>
0: like which looked like a coffin. By it the did. way,
1: it totally like come on. They
0: were they were totally teasing like Dutch popping out of there or some bullshit.
1: Yeah, could have been. <laughs> I mean i I really thought that that's where they were going with this. Is that it was going to be like a clean source of energy or some technology to you know, help us advance our civilization so I don't know, we can yeah. start living on the moon or some shit. I don't know. I really like that's what I thought was gonna be in the box was some kind of technology to advance our society and our race as people. Something like that. And sure, you you can still oh, here comes the sequel and have people use it for the wrong purposes. You can still set up a franchise if you think this movie's gonna do well. I just didn't understand that it was just a piece of like weaponry and armor like I really thought that's what I thought was gonna happen and that would have made more sense to me with the plot that they set up which was we're gonna ruin our planet it's gonna be taken over by predators this one guy wants to save us I thought it was gonna be something to save humanity and instead it was one suit like if you want to save humanity shouldn't you bring more than one that's that yeah
0: I mean if humanity is on the fast track to dying out anyway what's one predator suit gonna do
1: yeah how many people are we gonna save with one suit? I <laughs> know.
0: It it was not good. The ending of the movie was no good. It
1: was just a, a huge whiff. Like it was a swing and a miss. I didn't understand it it didn't didn't make sense it seemed like the ending of a different movie i for a second too i honestly was like is that going to be an alien in there like
0: it was dripping like an alien does at first they, and you're like is an alien going to be in there they
1: wrote themselves into a corner with whatever was in his ship was just going to be the thing to like solve all problems and then it was just a suit.
0: A suit.
1: It, it was so anticlimactic, and it really totally ruined the movie for me. Because I was I was super enjoying it all the way to that point.
0: It's like if, if somebody was like, guys, I've got the cure for world hunger. And they just throw like a giant rack of ribs on the on the table you're like no
1: yeah you're like no that's just dinner you did not understand
0: i mean don't get me wrong ribs are awesome
1: yeah i won't be hungry today
0: yeah but you didn't <laughs> solve my problems.
1: yeah there's no way you can save all of humanity with one suit no no like have you met us like that's not gonna do it
0: <laughs> we got we've got problems you don't even know about predator <laughs>
1: Have one more fix, JC. Nah. Oh, okay. We're done then. Cool. Good episode. Yes, I do. What?
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So dumb. All right. Anyway. Well, whatever. (laughs) We think we're funny. Sorry. (laughs) That's that's funny. Here we go. My last fix is gonna change this whole movie. What? Yeah. That's becoming a normal phrase (laughs) out of my mouth. So stick with me. Here we go. So this is what's really happening in the movie. In the good version, Dutch killed the Predator, Danny Glover killed a Predator, and the other ones threw him a musket, which which, like (laughs) threw Danny Glover a musket, which is like, wow, that was probably a very difficult fight. Fucker had a musket, (laughs) like a fucking musket. He fought like Daniel Boone. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, not fair. So anyway, but that actually gets to my to my point. We start beating them. We're beating them too often now when they show up here. So they have now categorized our species as dangerous. So we are now slated by the predators to be destroyed. Because we're too dangerous now to hunt. However, one of the predators, you know, the predator that arrives here earlier in the movie, just like in this movie, decides that, wait a minute, that's not the game. That's not what predators are. That's not the predator code. Destroying the prey that is now more powerful than the predator is not the game. The game was always was always fair, and it was always sport. That's why they don't attack people without weapons, but now humans are too strong, but this one predator is like, wait a minute, destroying all of them because they're stronger than us? That's not predator ethics. I know that sounds really ridiculous. <laughs> like there's some predator ethics book. There, but anyway, there must
1: be though because they right. don't attack people who aren't a threat. So they definitely have rules.
0: So he comes ahead of time and he's bringing humanity something that is capable of destroying the ship that is going to come with the firepower to destroy the earth
1: that's not good for us
0: now ahead of the ship arriving that's where we get our hunter predator our super predator shows up he needs to take out this traitor and he needs to destroy the cargo that can destroy the ship that's on its way to destroy the earth so the first half of our movie is this predator trying to convince his human the the humans that he's on their side you know like I've got this thing for you and maybe he needs this autistic boy to help him get yeah. that point across cuz the autistic boy understands his language and isn't the hothead like all of the military people around him. Yes. Once they do convince him and they understand that the predator is here for altruistic reasons when this super predator arrives. At first they leave the predator out there by by himself but these soldiers are like no. This predator sacrifice is making a sacrifice. We're going to stand with this predator. We're not going to let him be killed by this super predator. And these soldiers, the loonies get up there and they are going to fight this super predator side by side with our uh, quote unquote traitor predator, our the the predator that's here sacrificing himself for the good of humanity, for the good of this species, because he believes in something. A team up. And maybe even this predator shares some of his predator tech with Mm -hmm. the loonies to help fight this super predator. They have this epic fight. They kill the super predator at the last minute. And, of course, they are granted the weapon. They aim the weapon at the Predator ship. The Predator ship is like... (laughs) The Predator ship realizes that they've got a weapon that can destroy them. And you see the whole ship turn around because it's like, I'm out of here. And that's our real movie. I think a better movie. Definitely. The Predator. (laughs) do you have any final thoughts lady one um
1: i do so based on the fact that our hero is swallows the uh go invisible ball they didn't use it enough like they did they did bring it back and i appreciate that it was a little telegraphed how it was gonna happen they used it twice but like couldn't everybody have used it at some point that would have been kind of cool like what if the little kid goes invisible like I don't know. I just... I I really was disappointed by how many things they set up and then just kind of didn't try hard.
0: If adult McKenna was invisible couldn't he have just been invisible and killed every government person outside of the alien ship
1: yeah most definitely
0: he literally could have just walked up and cut every one of them in the throat and dark but yes that would have been it (laughs) yes he he has the power of invisibility are you serious yeah and
1: he's a sniper so he already does a job where he can do it from far away where no one can see him he could
0: have been a sniper and invisible like yeah yeah Does the invisibility exact a toll on him, like the ring in Lord of the Rings? Like, does it? (laughs)
1: There's just
0: he he could have used the invisibility the whole time, and just nobody could have been able to see him. Like, he could have saved everyone over and over and over. Well, after he pooped it out in the RV. Yeah, well,
1: that did have to happen. But you're not supposed to poop in RVs. I I find that to be a flaw with this movie. It's like you're really not. It's just common courtesy. It's just 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 common courtesy. (laughs) It's just. (laughs) <laughs> no number twos in the RV.
0: Hell no! You go to the outhouse <laughs> or behind a tree. Yeah. Here's some TP, stinky bastard. <laughs> so one of my final thoughts is, um, like the places where there are reshoots sometimes are really obvious. Like yeah. the fine, like the final scene. Boyd Holbrook has put on a little weight. Mm-hmm. Like he's. He's uh, pudgy. He's
1: got a little fat face.
0: He's got a little fat... And the thing is, in the very beginning, he's got a little fat face, (laughs) and in the end, he's got a little fat face, and I'm like... Oh, reshoots. Yeah. Also, he looks like he's wearing a wig yeah. at the end.
1: It's like sticking weirdly straight out of his hat. Like his hair is going yes. so aggressively yes. down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it looks like he's got like hay, yes. hay under his hat. It's just oh, sticking straight they, like, down. They really
1: cheaped out on that wig.
0: Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. Yeah, so you can see those reshoots <laughs> pretty badly. I do know some about that. I, I know that um, we, we talked about, oh, like w- weren't they setting up like Dutch to pop out of that thing or whatever? Something. All right, something. Uh, they originally did have a scene in mind with Dutch for the end of this movie. The original ending of this movie had a helicopter showing up at the very end. Uh, so Quinn McKenna and Rory McKenna are there and actually uh, Olivia Munn's character are there. And this also like Olivia Munn at the end of this movie disappears.
1: Like both by going invisible and by going irrelevant.
0: Uh, we don't care what happened to her. Whatever. So but anyway, the original ending had those three characters and. And a helicopter arrives and out walks Dutch from Predator 1. And he goes, you have to come with me. Or like, you know, whatever. Like, come come with me if you want to live. I'm sure they would have done that. <laughs> anyway, and uh, Rory, the child, is like, even me? And he's like, especially you. <laughs> and that was supposed to be the end of that. But, of course, they couldn't get that to happen. Uh, Arnold said that the part was not big enough and that he didn't really like it. Didn't really like the script. Well, you know, same. (laughs) Right? Um, But Arnold Schwarzenegger did say that Last Action Hero was the best script he ever read, so we can't trust him too much. That's all. I guess I just wanted to say that he had a little chubby face. Yeah.
1: (laughs) A chubby face and a bad wig
0: <laughs> and a bad wig anyway uh i guess if there's nothing else we should consider this movie screen fairy F- 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 <laughs> <laughs> um so <laughs> 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 we've got mailbag which which is weird like th- there's no bag it's just email All right, here we go let's see we have bob friend of the show bob has chimed in
1: red bob red bob <laughs> that's what you called him earlier <laughs> it is
0: all right i'm gonna say red bob has chimed in he goes let's read it <clears throat> so let's talk predator I was looking forward to the next installment, so I was a fan waiting to be entertained. I can say I was entertained, but I do feel short-changed. Mm. It seems either the complete movie wasn't filmed, so the editors had to hack together a final cut, or they filmed exactly what they wanted and did a poor job of putting together a final cut. In both cases, we ended up with a movie with continuity flaws, plot devices that didn't pan out, major characters that vanished by the end of the film, and a few too many of those well-isn't-that-convenient moments.
1: Preach, Bob.
0: He goes, fix it? Question mark. Tighten up the editing. Continuity is a big deal. Nothing is worse than sitting there going, wait a sec. The gauntlet was on. Now it's off. Now it's back on again. Hold on. They were just flying around in the dark. It's twilight when they get out of the helicopter? <laughs> it did seem to go from night to daylight very quickly. Making a big deal about a character or some other thing in the movie and not paying it off just feels like a bunch of loose ends. Yes, invisibility ball, Traeger death, Traeger figuring out alien tech on the fly, (laughs) Casey disappears. Don't feel the need to add something that sets up a sequel. Sometimes less is more. Maybe the last pod. Did the Preds name it Pod 3 to help us out? It's true. It was called (laughs) Pod 3. Cracks open in the woods and the fog spills out. There's more fixes out there, but should I put more effort into it than the people that made the movie? Oh. Oh, sick burn, Red Bob. Whoa, shiznit. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Red Bob. We appreciate the email. And anyone out there, please email us. We will read it online. Be part of the show. Tell us if you did not like some of our fixes. Give us some of your own fixes. We'd love to hear them. All right. Well, without further ado, why don't you send us home, Lady One?
1: If you'd like us to read your fixes, just like the amazing Red Bob, You can send an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at ScreenFixPod. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Libsyn, and of course, Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And why don't you tell a friend about it?
0: We also have a Patreon account. Not only do we have dreams of keeping the show going forever, but we also have dreams of opening a one-screen theater to be the home of podcasting and movie marathons and film festivals and all things film. So... Uh, look us up, screen fix podcast, uh, at Patreon. Okay, so why don't we leave off with um
1: there was no like memorable thing about this movie to try and like tag onto. Right. Which is like a major problem for a big action movie in a solid franchise.
0: So since there's nothing really to tack onto here, why don't you just leave me with your best Arnold Schwarzenegger saying get to the chopper? Go.
1: <laughs> why did I know you were gonna do Go that with <laughs> Go with the classic. Go with the classic. Okay. Get to the chopper!
0: <laughs> oh my God, no. <laughs> wow. All right, here I go. <clears throat> get to the chopper! <laughs> that works.
1: Oh man, good stuff. A lot
0: better than get to the choppers motorcycles.
1: That was so... It like hurt my heart a little.
0: It it did. I slumped down in, in my seat mm. and just... I grabbed uh, two Twizzlers instead of one it's like i need to i need to drown myself in sugar ropes <laughs> just
1: hang yourself with some twizzlers
0: <laughs> anyway look next week for our next fix when we will be fixing another movie definitely a movie all right bye everyone bye.